Tyler Smith here. Uh, more than one lesson, mini-sode number 25. We haven't done one of these in a while uh, due to uh, a sudden onset of Halloween times. And uh, now that that is over, we're going to get back to business. Uh, but in order to do so, I'm going to welcome in my co-host and yours, Josh Long. Josh. Hey there. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Glad to hear it. Yeah. Oh, boy. Nominated for a, a podcast award. I'm pretty excited about that. Look who beat me to the punch. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, we... Uh, it is, as of uh, the day of recording, is November 2nd. Mm-hmm. Uh, this will be going up on, I don't know, the 5th? I'm not... I'm, I'm very bad at knowing, uh, like, when, you know, what day is going to be what date. 5th is Tuesday. Yeah. Yes, that's right. this will be going up on the 5th. So when you hear this, you've already missed out on several opportunities to vote for us oh, in the man. Podcast Awards. Here's how it works. You go to podcastawards.com. Uh, feel free to peruse all the categories. That's fine. But head on down to the religion inspiration category. Click on more than one lesson. You're not done yet. Continue scrolling down. It'll ask for your name and your email address. It will also ask if you are a listener, a podcaster, or both. Uh, and then uh, click the appropriate bubble, and then hit send. And uh, and then, in some cases, I don't think all of them, but in some cases, you will get an email back asking you to verify your vote so it knows you're not a robot. Mm-hmm. Um, although, if you're basically just blindly doing what I'm asking you to do right now, maybe you are a little <laughs> robot. But, um, but yeah, and so uh, you can do that every day, and I would sure appreciate it if you did. Uh, as I've said before, I do not think we're going to win, but let's, we'll give it the old college try. We're going to try it this year, folks. I think we can do it. I think you can do it. Absolutely. Cause that, that's the thing. The nomination is an honor for us. The win is an honor for you. That's right. Though I will keep the trophy on my shelf. Uh, and <laughs> any of you can have a picture of it. Oh, absolutely. Sure. I'll take a photo and, uh, just email me, Tyler at more than one lesson.com and I'll send it to you. So, um, a couple other, uh, announcements. Um, so Josh and I, for our minisodes, we are going through our, our 10 favorite movies of all time each, uh, and then Reed Lackey, who is on the uh, most recent episode and thank you, Reed for being on, uh, he did his own top 10, uh, a few months ago. And now Jim Rohner, who is one of our writers, he is also working his way through his top 10 in blog form. Uh, currently you can read uh, about his 10th favorite movie of all time, the 1974 Toby Hooper movie, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Wow. Uh, it surprised me when he sent me uh, that article. I assumed it had to do with Halloween times, but no, that's his so. favorite. That's his 10th favorite movie all year long. Wow. So, uh, but you can read about that. It's a nice uh, in-depth article. Um, and I think that's about it. So uh, vote for us po- in the podcast awards. Read Jim's uh, articles as he posts them. And I think that is all. So we'll go ahead and get into it. Um, 
So this is Minnesota number 25. We are now in the home stretch of our top 10, top 10s, pardon me, our tops 10. Tops as 10 I, I yeah, think. that's it. Uh, and we are now at Josh's number three, his third favorite movie of all time. All time. More, more favorite than Elf, even. <laughs> even Elf. More favorite than Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. Even more. Even more favorite. Let me ask you this. Do you like it more than you like The Great Mouse Detective? Mm, yes. Okay. Yes. I had to think about it, but yes. How about Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street? Ooh. Mm, I'm going to say yes again. Season two of Law and Order. Oh, now that, that's a different story. Okay. <laughs> that's a different ball of wax. I want to try and do this in every episode where I just... Because basically, uh, I sit facing my DVD wall... And I never really look at it. I always try to look at the person that's talking. But it is kind of fun to just stare at it and realize I own, one could say, too many movies. There's a lot of movies over there. And uh, and so, yeah, I want to try to incorporate random titles. Maybe, maybe <laughs> if I do this right, people can keep track and they'll be able to tell every movie that i that i have maybe and i'll try to say different <laughs> titles every time somebody somewhere's got a spreadsheet and they're like sticking in the, every every time he gets a new one in alphabetical order so do you like this movie more than say legends of the fall uh i'm gonna say yes okay sleepless in seattle uh, uh yes yes i think so all right scream three <laughs> yes i didn't have to think about that one scream two no Oh, we got to change the list. Oh, no. Oh, no. Just kidding. <laughs> All right. So, okay. What is Did your... Did we say the movie? No. Then? Oh, we didn't. What is your third favorite movie of all time? Well, Tyler, my third favorite movie of all time is God's Own, Star Wars, A New Hope. Star Wars, Episode 4, Four. A New Hope. Yes. I feel like we should just yes. call it A New Hope. That's how we all know them. We could. You know, there's A New Hope, The Empire... Sorry, it's The Phantom Menace... Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. That's how we know them. So when you say Star Wars, I assume you're referring to all six films. Yes. Okay. All it's right, all six enough. films as one film. As one oh. Which I've edited down myself. It's 30 minutes long. That sounds glorious. You'd be amazed. Well, I'm sure uh, I can't stop talking about this because I can't see it. Uh, nobody can. Uh, actor Topher Grace that you might know from uh, that 70s show. And, or Traffic. Or Traffic, thank you. Mm -hmm. Or Spider-Man 3, that uh, horrendous misfire of a film. Mm -hmm. um, a few years ago, he edited the three prequels down to one 90-minute film <laughs> and screened it for some people in los angeles uh i was not invited but uh <laughs> peter Sretta, the guy who runs uh the slash film website and somebody that i have uh, had the pleasure to meet on a few occasions um he uh he was able to go and so he for his website he wrote a fairly in-depth uh description of what was included and what was excluded and that sort of thing and it sounds so fascinating yeah um, and I wish, and there are a lot, there have been a lot of different fan edits that, uh, George Lucas apparently has no problem with, which good for him, by the way. Um, and, it seems uh, out of character with his, doesn't it weird obsession with making them be exactly what he wants them to be. Right. It's very strange. And now that, uh, and now that Disney 
owns it, I see. I feel like it's going to be uh, even more potentially litigious. Yeah. But um, but yeah, that's something I would like to see. Now, you are. Well, I'll put it this way. So I grew up with Star Wars, as as we all did. Uh, all well, not us. not everybody. You know, right. People our age. Um, and I loved it. But now, I uh, if you were to look at my top hundred, not there's no there's not a Star Wars film to be found. Hmm. So, sorry, my cat is trying to get into the into our, into this room, and it is tra- distracting me. So, uh, it is a film that I like quite a bit. But you love it. It was the it was your whole life for a long time. You collected Star Wars cards, right? I collected Star Wars cards. I have quite a number of Star Wars action figures, um, which some of them I got after the new ones came out just because I had started buying them and was excited about them. But, uh, yeah, I had, I had several of the, uh, the books about the different vehicles and the different weapons and the different droids and all that stuff. Who's Um, your, what, what's your favorite kind of droid? Hmm. Well, the coolest one is the assassin droid. Okay. The no. most famous is, is IG-88. Now, which one is that? Uh, that's the taller one. With has the round head. He has like red eyes on the front. Oh, I don't, uh, I don't know what that is at all. His, uh, his ship is called the Hound's Tooth. So is he a, is he a robot? He's a droid. It's not the same thing. Oh, what's a robot? I don't know. Oh, Okay. Robot has a lot of definitions, but a, a droid is from the Star Wars universe. Oh, all it's right. short for android. Oh, okay. So let me ask you this: What do they dream of? <laughs> uh, just regular sheep. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. That's odd. That's odd. Um, <laughs> but uh, okay. So or, this so this robot uh, IG eighty eighty five eighty eight. What was that? Eighty eight. I feel like it was eighty five. No. 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 Right, you're wrong. Fair enough. Um, this, this is one of my favorite things because I liked all the bounty hunters, of course, Boba Fett being the coolest one, but, he um, not like a chump. I feel like he's not that cool. Yeah. He's, I, I like to think, uh, that he, he got out of the, he got out of the Sarlacc pit somehow. And I read up on this, by the way, in the novelizations, he, boy, does. he, he blasts his way right out of there. He sure does. I also like to believe that, um, because they, they took a beloved Star Wars character of Boba Fett and absolutely ruined him in uh, Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. Um, if any of you have, uh, have seen it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spoil it because I don't really care. Um, but uh, I like to believe that the, uh, the clone kid who is supposedly Boba Fett, who mm-hmm. gets all sad when his dad dies and cries or whatever... Um, I like to think that he does, as the movie wants to suggest, take the armor and, uh, you know, go out, go around trying to be his dad or something like that. But I like to think he, uh, he gets killed on some, uh, you know, dangerous planet and some scary, At age, like 15, something like that. When he's big enough that the, uh, that the armor can fit him, he gets killed. And then, uh, a much cooler, much more dangerous character takes the armor and dons it and becomes the Boba Fett that we all know and love. Fair enough. See, I, I should explain to the uh, to the listener because we don't want this minisode to be uh, incredibly long, and we haven't even really gotten into the uh, into the film meat <laughs> uh, of it. But uh, but yeah, um, one of my favorite things to do. Okay, so uh, listeners have commented in the past that I make fun of Josh quite a bit. Um, I hadn't noticed. That's it's because you're not observant. But uh, uh, that's probably right. Yeah, you're just too busy flipping through your Star Wars cards even now. What's that? <laughs> 
Uh, but yeah, so I, I make fun of Josh quite a bit, but I know that he can take it and I do it with the, with the utmost of, uh, affection and admiration. Uh, but in this case, <laughs> there's no but here. Sorry. Uh, in this case, because he was such a star Wars nut and to this day, like the other day you and I were, uh, going through Sporkle and, oh, yeah. uh, doing all these little quizzes and stuff. And we got to star Wars and you were just nailing these. You were just hammering <laughs> these things out. There are a couple things that you're a little rusty. Well, on. The, the frustrating thing was that all the all the Star Wars quizzes or anything like that that exists now they all incorporate the newer movies, and I don't know much about all the like backstories and all the names of all the ships and planets and everything on those movies because I don't care because I don't yeah. like those movies. So but let me yeah. ask you this: I want you to say every word that the character of Boba Fett says in oh. the uh, in uh, the. <laughs> We, the latter three films. We figured it out when we were doing That was one of the quizzes, and we figured them all out. But I, I don't remember all of them off the top of my head now. It was easier when you could say them in a row. They Fair were things enough. like, put Captain Solo in the cargo hold. <laughs> and something he's no use to me dead or something yeah. like that. What if he doesn't survive the carbon freezing? He's no good to me dead. Except he doesn't. That's what I thought he said, but it's something like that. Um, I don't remember. Yeah. We figured out whatever it was. Yeah. And for a minute there, I really thought. And I, I think... I saw a shirt that I was thinking of getting you for Christmas that had Boba Fett, like this really neat design of him and every line that he says is, <laughs> really? is incorporated into it. So, um, but anyway, so yeah, so you're a big star Wars guy and it's something I like to make fun of you about because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, you, what with your, uh, your Frisbee and your long hair, you kind of have a kind of a, you kind of seem like a hip, cool guy, but at heart, you're a star wars nerd a little bit yeah well you know i like the uh, people have made the uh the argument that every little boy is either like a star wars nerd or a star trek nerd on one side on one side or the other which might be true it's not totally true um but from people from people our age like it's it's a weird thing to have not seen star wars yes and if you have seen it but you don't like the original ones that's kind of weird too and i usually if somebody tells me that i assume that they're just being contrarian <laughs> i'm like okay well everybody likes them so if you're saying you don't like them fine you're trying to make a point they're a Go lot ahead. they're a lot of fun they just yeah went and they're wonderfully made films and so but i, I just they don't have a great deal of resonance with me empire mm. does of course because mm. uh, there's some major emotional things going on in that one, but uh, yeah, yeah. The film trilogy in general, I have a great deal of appreciation for. And right. I'll say this: the concept of not owning them is foreign to me. Yeah, why would I ever not own them? <laughs> That's it's Star same. Wars. Like I, I never grew up a, a huge fan of Indiana Jones. I didn't mm-hmm. even see all three of them. I think until I was in pretty late high school. I think, but then once I had seen them all again. When you get DVDs, that's a thing you have to have. Yeah. Like, of course you have Indiana Jones. It doesn't make any sense. Um, and the same with Star Wars. Although I am holding off on buying any kind of new version of it until there is a Blu-ray version that has the original Star Wars trilogy on it. And, and I, I'm, I'm I, not a... What? Go ahead. I'm not a huge uh, special edition hater like some people are. We're going with super, super deep into Star, Star Wars stuff. So if people are just not very familiar with Star Wars, I'm sorry. You may not know what we're talking about right now. Um real quick for those of you who don't they re-released the movies in 1997 98 99 or did they all come out the same year i don't remember uh i I think that's about right they re-released them and made a lot of changes added things that george lucas said he originally wanted to do or wasn't able to do at the time because of the technology and um but a lot of people don't like the changes that he made um when they released the movies out on dvd for the first time there were other new changes that were made that were even worse um 
changes that people who don't like them, the reason they don't like them is because they, they either don't make sense within the lore of the world or they uh, change kind of character things that don't don't seem like they should be yeah in the, there. the most the most famous one is changing the order of shooting yeah between han and, and greedo yeah that's a famous one or just the, the one i hate the most is when uh hayden christensen shows up at the end of return of the jedi the ghost of obi-wan kenobi is portrayed by the actor who played him as a younger man in the original trilogy you mean anakin yeah i'm sorry yes yeah, yeah. um anakin skywalker which doesn't make sense because the other two are there as the, Luke saw them. Yes, as Luke saw them when they died, because yeah. he was there when both of them died. Um, so it, it just doesn't make any sense. Anyway, uh, but and I'm not a huge special edition hater. There's some things that I kind of like about it. I think it's neat, at least, to see. There's a scene with Jabba the Hutt with, uh, in, in, the, in A New Hope, which was not originally included. And that's kind of neat to see, even if it doesn't totally fit uh, tonally and other things. That that scene is so frustrating to me because just <laughs> first off, the effects still well, the effects quite there. are bad. Yeah, so that's bad. Also, nothing is revealed dialogue wise. It's very similar to the scene with Greedo. So and there's nothing new that's revealed. And then also, there's this dumb thing where they have Han step, step on, on his, his tail. tail. And it's like you don't step on the tail of a notorious gangster. He will kill you. Yeah, who's there with a, and that I the idea of adding that in is a lot of what people don't like about the new trilogy, which is that they tried to make it more silly and more, like, fun. Yeah. Which, it was fun enough to begin with. Oh, yeah. They had felt like they had to make it silly and goofy or something like that to be enjoyable. So, anyway, now we're talking about the differences yeah. between the two. So, let's go, back to, let's go back to your childhood. Yes. You're watching Star Wars. You're enjoying yourself. It's great. Wh- which character did you wish you were more, Han or Luke? Um... I don't know. Back then, it's hard to say. Probably would have been Luke, I think, when I was real. Because I saw it. I was pretty young. I was probably yeah. six, eight, probably six. Um, but, and I think, I think that's one of the reasons that it retains a place and as one of my favorite movies, because it, it might be the first movie that I really loved, you know? Um, like there were other things I liked when I was a kid, but you know, you watched Disney movies that I enjoyed and not to say that those aren't good movies, but they didn't, nothing gripped me the way that star Wars did then as a mm-hmm. kid. Um, so yeah, so that's, and the reason I think it stays there is because I still feel like it has, not only does it have the power to really grab the mind of a six year old and really be exciting, um, to someone to a to a young boy but it still i think stands up as a good movie and a lot of there's a lot of great things about it just as a movie and so the fact that it can still you can still look at it and see all these great things in it that it's not it's not just something that you love when you're a kid because mm-hmm. i think there are other things that you love when you're a kid and then when you grow up you're like you know i thought that was fun but probably a lot of the tv shows we've watched i mean probably yes we, we've i know you and i have had some conversations about going back and watching shows that we we loved when we were kids and thinking oh this is not good <laughs> and the movie the goonies is uh only okay yeah. i loved it when i was a kid and then i i watched it somewhat recently i own it it's on the shelf there i got it at a good deal hmm. um and uh man oh man does not does not really hold up there's some moments but for the most part doesn't hold up yeah josh brolin's in that did you know that really yeah He's uh, Mikey's older brother. You know, I've never seen the whole thing. That's one of those ones that I've seen parts of, but I've never sat down and watched it front of I'll lend it to you. All right. Sure. I, I'm sure I did a good job of selling it just now. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see it. 
Uh, I'll just be looking for Josh Brolin and be like, all right, I'm done. Now, um, there's something you and I have talked about uh, off mic in the past in regards to Star Wars that is absolutely having now gone to film school and, and both of us now having an appreciation for film as an art form. Uh, this is to me, one of the most interesting things about, uh, about star Wars is how well it represents the hero's journey. Um, because I, I mean, I took a screenwriting class and it talked about, you know, the three act structure, the, the role of the mentor, the role of the antagonist and all that just, you know, uh, hitting like being at your lowest point in the, in the second act. And then you, you know, regroup and all like just, it's all there. And star Wars has all of it. Yeah. And part of the reason is because it's, if you look at it, it's really based on a very old structure. It's not just the modern idea of what a screenplay is supposed to be like. It has all of these connections to all of the old epics. Mm -hmm. Um, there's things like, uh, I remember I took a class, it must have been an English class in like high school, where there were several specific elements that they kind of said, these are these are the epic elements. And there are things like it starts in the middle of the action, which that's what happens with Star Wars, starts with the the battle where the one the Star Destroyer is chasing the I know yeah. the name of the Star Destroyer and the ship it's chasing, but we don't have to go all into that. <laughs> I think we should. What's the, the Devastator and the Tant of Four. Okay. Yeah. Um but uh <laughs> To immediately discredit all the things that I'm talking about it being a serious good thing, I, I go into the, the nerddom about it. But uh, but that's one thing. Then the idea of the hero having like a weapon that no one else has—that's like something special. That's a thing that that is a common theme in a lot of old old you know Greek and Roman epics. Um, the idea of the descent into hell—that's a common one. Which that's the Death Star is yeah. is that um, the idea of ending it with some kind of like feast or celebration and you have like the the metal ceremony whatever yeah. it is at the end of of uh of Star Wars. So there's a lot of those elements that I think make it make it work so well as a as the hero's journey like really go through the the beats of him of Luke Skywalker becoming who he becomes. Yeah. And just and there's a clear character arc in fact there are three of them with mm -hmm. the three leads uh, yeah. luke han and leia um and it, it it's just it's <laughs> this is going to sound cynical it isn't it's a film that is designed to work mm. like it, with all those with all those story beats like there's a reason that those that you know that story structure has remained mm -hmm. intact for as long as it has. And it's because it works. Like we have in Obi-Wan Kenobi, we have a mentor character who introduces to our protagonist introduces, well, basically everything and also pushes him to be better and to, and to want more than he currently has. Right. But then of course the mentor does not last, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's one of the reasons why Morpheus should have died in the matrix because mm -hmm. You you keep the if you keep the uh, the mentor around for the next couple of films, uh, you won't have anything to do with them, as <laughs> evidenced once again by Morpheus and the Matrix Matrix trilogy. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, and so it's just it's one could make the argument that Star Wars is a movie for children or for younger people. I mean, certainly that's when we fell in love with it mm -hmm. um 
and the story is very basic and there are fantastical elements to it, you know, and, and that sort of thing. So what would you say to somebody who would say, well, look, it's like fun space battles and, you know, it's all very simple. There, there's a simplicity to the film, certainly. What would you say to somebody saying, clearly, this is not meant for adults? I mean, you can surely as a filmmaker, you can appreciate it on that level. But as far as you liking it and getting something out of it as an adult, it's not really for you. Like, what would you say to that? Because I've heard people say it in reference to Star Wars specifically. Uh, sorry, A New Hope specifically. Mm-hmm. Because in Empire, that's when they start to get a bit more adult in its themes and, and in relationships. Yeah. Um, so what would you say about to anybody who said that about A New Hope? I mean, I think the A New Hope is the setup for this world. So if it is a little bit more simplistic, I think that's because it's it's our entry point into this world. If you try and make it too much about very specific character things or or uh, very subtle character changes, um, I think you don't you almost don't need to. Like mm-hmm. this has characters who are dynamic characters who go through big changes who can't go through those changes if they aren't put into these situations that they're put into if they don't have to interact with the other characters that they have to interact with. Um, and then you have uh, all of all of those actors are playing those parts great. Like I can't think of an actor who I think is holding that movie back. You know, Peter Mayhew. <laughs> I just didn't believe it. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, and the, the, I I think that idea of it is is uh, kind of simplistic and is. I think kind of a half-hearted attempt to say that you like the second movie better, which is fine if you do. Yeah. Um, I, I have no problem with people who, who uh, see Empire Strikes Back as a better film. In a lot of ways, maybe it is. But to me, I feel like because that can't exist without the way the world is, not, not just the fact that the world is set up in the first one, but the way that it's set up. Yeah. Um, and the including way the characters they yeah. need to have arrived at a certain place before empire can happen right like if you don't have all that backstory before empire then you know there's there's not as there's not that depth that you're getting out of those characters doesn't exist mm-hmm. like you you have that because it's been built up in the first one and i feel like for for myself and this is a conversation you and i have had about other types of movies um and i did not bring this up for that reason but other you know like animated films and stuff like mm. you sometimes feeling like it's not for you and that it's not you know like they are often described as kids movies and it's like well i'm not a kid so why would i watch that um and of course i don't agree depending on the movie certainly mm. um you know i feel like certain works by pixar they they embrace like kind of this vivacious exuberant quality that you can find in chill in a children in a, in a kid's love for something the way we loved star Wars. Mm. And I, but on top of that, it also, I think brings out certain things in the most jaded of adults. Mm. And I feel like that's what star Wars does. Like it just, it reminds us just how fun movies are mm-hmm. or can be. Yeah. And just while also understanding that like, okay, well if we have characters, we are, that we care about and we're engaged with, then we'll go with them anywhere. We'll go with them in this, you know, nutty star Wars bar and, and that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I feel like it's, if you do it right, then yes, it's something that, that a kid can appreciate, but an adult can sort of, 
I don't want to use the term inner child, but they can, they can tap into something that life has kind of bred out of us Mm -hmm. and actually enjoy it in a way that we can't enjoy a lot of other things. Yeah. And, uh, the sort of the way that, um, well, I guess I, I think of them a lot in comparison to the Harry Potter films, and mm-hmm. I haven't read any of the books. I've only seen the first two films, so I'm not very versed in that, so I don't have the attachment to it that some people do. But I can totally understand it because I think it's a similar type of thing. It's a, it's, And they certainly do get darker as they go. Exactly. It's yeah. relatable characters. It's interesting characters, and it's a world that, that's fascinating. That's why people love it so much because they want to be, be inside that world. You know? And Star Wars is the same way. Like, mm-hmm. What kid, if you told him, you can go live inside Star Wars, would say no. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's, it's such an entrancing uh, universe that's created. And that's what I think is one of the like, masterful things about it. Because there aren't that many uh, there aren't that many franchises. I guess they're all franchises now, but there aren't that many stories or movies that create create that kind of atmosphere, that kind of fantastical atmosphere, the way these ones do. Because yeah, it, Lord of the Rings got me, and yeah, especially when we went one. to New Zealand and we yeah. went to Hobbiton. <laughs> it because you know all the Hobbit holes are still there and stuff, right. and it's like this is pretty amazing because <laughs> you don't run across this very often. Yeah, that you can actually step into the movie as it existed. Yeah. It was, it was pretty amazing. Which, and I think Lord of the Rings is a good comparison too, because in a lot of ways, I think you could say star Wars is as much or more a fantasy film than it is a sci-fi film. Oh yeah. Um, it certainly has sci-fi elements, but, um, I don't know if I'd even say star Wars is my favorite sci-fi film. Like my favorite sci-fi film might be alien or, or 2001 or something yeah. like that. And those are, um, that's definitely though. Alien is, is horror as well. That's definitely science fiction. Like there's really, I hate to say it, there's no science, to star wars no. i mean there's just as much magic yeah it's like just because there are ships that go around in space that's not the same right and um so I, I, that's that's another interesting thing about it is it has it's a fantasy film in space really yeah all right so i feel like we should probably wrap up um you know there's a lot of things to talk about i mean we could talk about you know the character of obi-wan kenobi we could talk about the character of of Darth Vader. And I will, you know what? I, I wrote about Darth Vader for, uh, the BP top hundred characters thing a while back. Uh, what I will say is that, uh, and by the way, a lot of star Wars characters wound up in that top hundred. It was listener generated. And I mm. think Han Solo wound up there. Mm. Um, Darth Vader, I think Luke Skywalker did. I don't totally remember, but there are just the sheer number of characters. I mean, You've got basically a beeping trash can, and even that registers as a fun, interesting character. Right. Um, and so, like, it's just so beautifully realized in that way. Um, and that's why I think, you know, the, the Lord of the Rings comparison works very well, because mm-hmm. you have a, a nice big cast of characters that does not work in The Hobbit, by the way, because they're all basically the same with goofy names. <laughs> but, um, but Darth Vader specifically is one that is just... Yes, I recognize he kind of looks like a samurai and all that, but I compare him to Homer Simpson in that the personality, the look, and the sound, it is so complete a character. It is so finished. Now, of course, with Homer Simpson, it took him a while, but like the voice that Dan Castellaneta is using the stuff they give Homer to say and the way he looks, it, 
you take away any of those and it wouldn't fit, but it all fits. Yeah. It's, it is a completely realized character and that's how it is with Darth Vader. Like James mm-hmm. Earl Jones, just that they thought to have that voice, uh, with that look and just little things like having the respirator, yeah. you know, that's not necessary, but boy, it sure does add a, an intimidating quality to him yeah. while also seeming kind of, you know, it creates a vulnerability to him as yeah. well that they would, you know, trade on in the later films. But yeah. And, and that, uh, I think what that creates or where that comes from, I guess, is another one of the things that I think makes star Wars great. makes the first three movies great. That's kind of missing from the earlier ones is there's, there's a sense of history there, mm-hmm. which again is something that I think works with all those those great epics you find it in Harry Potter, you've got it in Lord of the Rings. Like yeah. there's a background, and you don't necessarily know what it all is. Like we don't know in in A New Hope, we don't know what's going on between Obi Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader, but you know it's something big. Yeah, and it's it's like exciting in that way. the The fact that he has that respirator means there's something wrong with him. Something happened to him. Yeah. Like it's not just the way he is, but we don't know what it is. Um, and in the same way, that's that he's that's even reflected in the production design of the film. It looks like a world that's been lived in. Everything looks kind of old. Yeah, um, which is something I don't like about the new movies. Exactly, everything looks too new and polished. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and, and maybe those films try too much just to be the sci-fi instead of being the fantasy. Maybe that's maybe yeah. you know, that's part of it. There, there's a whole host of things that are wrong about that. And you could probably have an entire podcast about what you don't like about the new, perhaps uh, we Star Wars <laughs> movies, but um. But yeah, the, the idea of there being a history to it, a, a mystery, um, pieces of a puzzle that you don't know all of, but there's something that that's why people love Boba Fett so much. Like he looks cool and he has, he has a mysterious past. You don't know what's going on with him. Like that's what, that's what the draw of that character is. Well, and also, I mean, when you think about it, of course, the fact that we now have seen chapters one through three ruins it, but the brilliance of saying episode four, yeah, it's the first one we've seen. But it's episode four. It implies like, and of course, there's, there's reference to like the the old serials. Uh, what was it? Um, Buckaroo. Wait. No, the the company that put them out. Like, oh. was it? Ah, oh, shoot. Now I don't remember. There, it wasn't like Columbia. Ah, shoot. I don't remember. Okay. Anyway, but there's like a specific uh, a specific studio that would put out these Saturday afternoon serials, and they were you know that along with Indiana Jones were a reference to that. But um, and by starting with number four. And yes, it's introducing characters, but the universe, just in that little, in that choice, it's saying this universe existed before Luke came along, before yeah. we were introduced to Han. Yeah. And there's just such, and they didn't have to do that. No. They didn't, they didn't have to, they, it could be like, all right, this is the story we're telling. It is starting now. Yeah. But they don't. And it's just, there's such brilliant such brilliant choices in it. And like, it astounds me. I hate to put it this way. And I'm sorry that we keep talking about the new movies, but like it astounds me that George Lucas who made such terrible decisions in the later films could get everything just so right. Yeah. You have to think of them as two different people, really the current yeah. George Lucas and the George Lucas of the seventies. Cause even stuff that you can read things that he said about well, there was something that was circulating for a while about like once a film's gone out, it, it is, you know, belongs to part of the public. He, he said things like that, which go directly against his ideas now. So they're really two different people. Yeah. And you know, I, I think 
the George Lucas of the 1970s made some brilliant decisions. I think there's some, there's a lot of genius in Star Wars, but I, I think it's not present in the newer films. There are, I might be talking myself into thinking there's one of the, my top hundred, but um, there are not a lot of movies, and I think I've said it on the show before, but like, there are not a lot of movies that I consider to be perfect. Hmm. Um, sometimes there's a little flaw here or maybe a logic problem somewhere. Um, and off the top of my head, I, I probably couldn't list a lot of them for you. Um, usually it's when I'm talking about a specific movie and the more I think about it, the more I realize this is about as perfect as this movie could ever be. Mm. Um, and I think star Wars is it. I think star Wars is perfect. Mm. Um, which of course makes it frustrating that George <laughs> Lucas went in and tinkered with it and made it less than, but yeah, but yeah, it's, uh, and that's, that's no small, because I can't think of what you would take out or what you would add. Yeah. And you think like all of the things that it's trying to do are all working. Like you, you have all these characters that we've already said that go through dynamic changes and it builds on the plot and it, and it builds from the plot. And they're all characters that are actors that are portraying them very well, very handily. Um, uh, you have a world that you want to be a part of that's exciting, that feels lived in, that has a mystery to it, that has, you, you have the magic of the force being something that, uh, is like otherworldly and sort of exciting. And yeah. it, it's all of those elements are all working together. Yeah. It's, it's a really remarkable film and, uh, I'm excited that we got to talk about it. I think I mentioned it in, in a recent episode that it's interesting that my number three was jaw. Uh, it was, I almost <laughs> said Josh, uh, jaws and your number three was star Wars because both of them, they came out within two years of each other. Mm-hmm. Both of them kind of changed the nature of what Hollywood would be. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to think you and I were talking before about the, uh, the Saturday night live sketch with Bill Murray oh, yes. uh, as this lounge singer singing about star Wars <laughs> and it's, and I know the song and Josh knows the song. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's insane to think. And I feel this way about jaws as well. There was a time when star Wars didn't exist. Yeah. Now I recognize that some of that might be the fact that I was born five years after it came out. So of course it was well established. Mm-hmm. And by that time empire had come out as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it was already well established by the time I was old enough to remember things that Star Wars was around. But it's it's strange to think – and I feel the same way about a movie like Goodfellas or Pulp Fiction or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, just kind of these big tentpole movies for certain types of people or sometimes for everyone. But there mm-hmm. was a time when Jaws didn't exist. There yeah. was a time when Star Wars didn't exist. These are movies that have inspired filmmakers yeah. that we like now. And there was a time when it – Han Solo wasn't any, wasn't wasn't person. the thing. Yeah, Darth Vader wasn't a person. Yeah, I remember thinking that when the Matrix came out, I was like, I think this is one of those movies. That was one of the first yeah. times that I realized as it was happening, like this is one that like everybody will know. Yeah, um, this is one that people will love, and that it'll be weird to think of. There was a time before people knew this yeah. type of movie, and it's just, and that, and so it, how fascinating would it have been to be to see to hear about this movie called star Wars Mm. and it's like, Oh, I hear it's really fun and really good. I guess I'll go see it. Mm -hmm. And then you walk in having never seen star Wars (laughs) and certainly having never been inundated by star Wars as we are in this culture. Right. Um, and even inundated by the blockbuster model, you know, like, yeah. Oh, and that's, that's one of the things that gets me about jaws is, Oh, there's this horror movie that, that, 
you know, about it's about a big shark. I guess we'll go see it. Mm-hmm. And then everyone goes to see it. Yeah. And it changes that that model. But yeah, it just it's it's very it's very strange to me uh when I think about those like and I think about it with like even older movies like Psycho. Mm-hmm. There was a time when Psycho yeah. didn't exist. Yeah. Um but uh anyway, I don't know why why I went off on that, but just uh partially cuz I remember my parents they told me that they were pregnant with my mom was pregnant with my brother when they first saw Star Wars. They were mm-hmm. killing time because <laughs> it was going to happen anytime and they're like, "All right, let's let's go see Star Wars, you mm-hmm. know." And uh, and like you said, see, in seeing The Matrix, like I, I'm trying to think of movies that have come out in my lifetime that I saw in the theater. You know what? This isn't as this wasn't as revel- revelatory as, as Star Wars or anything. I walked into The Sixth Sense not knowing anything about oh, it. Yeah. I just went in. I was I was in a long distance relationship at the time, and so like I was visiting Denver, and this girl and I went and saw The Sixth Sense because. Well, we wanted to see a movie. We didn't really know what to see. So, hey, this this came out th- today. Let's mm-hmm. give this a try. And then that's the movie we saw. <laughs> and a, a movie that just took certainly that year and, and maybe a few years afterwards just totally took everyone by storm. Yeah. And I walked in not just – it could have been anything really. Yeah. That is a fun experience. The only time I can think of that happening is uh, – that happened to me with Hot Fuzz. I didn't even know what it was. Hmm. And I hadn't seen Shaun of the Dead and people were just like, I think this is supposed to be funny and then I loved it. Like yeah. the experience of going in expecting nothing, knowing nothing and really enjoying something isn't something you can get very often. Especially the place where we are now where – a, we live in Hollywood. B, we're involved in the critic community, so you know everything that's coming out before it comes out. Yeah, and you know stories about it and who's in it and all this stuff. Like, yeah. it's not, it's not as possible for things to totally take you by surprise yeah. that way. And not to keep harping on this, but I, I felt that that's kind of how I was with Rushmore because oh, at really? that time he had only had one movie, mm-hmm. uh, and I remember hearing about it only in terms of Bill Murray might get Osc- uh, nominated for an Oscar. That was mm-hmm. it. That is all I had heard about it. Mm-hmm. Nothing about the style, nothing about the main character, yeah. nothing about this guy named Wes Anderson. Just, hey, this is the movie that Bill Murray might win an Oscar for. That's interesting. Yeah. And so my dad and I went and saw it, and I was just like, what? What? What, what is this? <laughs> and um, yeah, it uh, it's, fu- it's fun to, to think about that, and movies like star wars that certainly defined defined our childhood mm-hmm. but also just defined what movies could be from then on yeah um yeah boy oh boy i'm glad i'm glad we were able to uh, to talk about it so but uh, the episode the minisode is running a bit long so we will cut it off now um if you have any uh, comments about this episode you can leave them in the comment section of this post at more than one lesson.com where you can uh Check out our store, our newsletter, and uh, various videos that we have and new blog posts and all kinds of things. All kinds of things. All kinds of things. Thank you, Josh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at More Lessons. You can follow Josh on Twitter. At the Josh Long. At the Josh Long. Oh, boy. Uh, You can also go to our Facebook page where we update. uh, We we post updates uh, pretty regularly. And uh, once again, please do go to podcastwords.com and vote for us in the religion inspiration category. You can do that every day. Every day. So, and it will only be going for the next uh, couple weeks. So, so get in, get in early and get in often. So anyway, all right. uh, Thank you everybody for listening. Josh, thanks for being here. You're welcome. And we'll get you next time. Bye. (laughs) 